For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Hey, what's up, everyone? The boys of Last Podcast on the left here. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Want to tell you about our new special. We filmed it in Chicago. It was an unbelievable experience, and you can enjoy it as well. Go to www. Dot lastpodcastlive.com Don't forget to put the www We're going in the way way back machine all the way to 2001. <laughs> it's a technological glitch that we're trying to get tech support for. But still, just put it in the www.lastpodcastlive.com There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. When the cannibalism started, side, side stories. stories. Yes. <laughs> Man, 2019 is off to a rocking new year, my friend. Oh, yeah, buddy. Dick Clark style. I am feeling it, man. Dick Clark, what a handsome Frankenstein he was. Yes, he was I can't was believe he finally died. How many people did it take to kill him? No, no. age killed uh, Mr. Clark. And the sad thing is, if you go back and watch his final countdown, it really is his final countdown uh, because he can't count down from 10 anymore. He stumbles around 7, jumps to 4, goes back to 8. It's kind of confusing. But they still clapped for him, which I think was really of nice course. when they had him propped up by two of those. What are those horses that they do? Like what you'd have the, where you'd put up the blockade for parades? Sure. Like horse, like horse things. cops. I think it's those things with him on either side and him going, Shane. Yeah. All like, right. Still got it, Dick. He's a legend. All right, everyone. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Last Podcast on the Left Side Stories. Uh, we're gonna, side stories. Side stories. We have a fun episode, I think, or not. I don't know. We're going to do Who our gives, best. When it comes down to it, it's like, does it always have to be fucking fun? I don't know. Right? I mean, Can't it just be real? Uh-huh. Can't it be raw? Yeah, you want to get you want to get uh, real world with it? When we, yeah. so we're going to stop being polite and start getting real? Absolutely. I want us to be put in a hot tub together and forced by a producer to drink until we black out and wake up in a bed next to each other. I, I have been getting very deep into uh, the MUFON field manual. Okay, that's good. That's good. And a part of it is technically there is a – I'm supposed to not disclose – What's inside this manual? Okay, but just disclose it because I'm sure you can Google it and find it and see all the details. It's actually hard to find, but that not behind a paywall. They did okay. a good job with that um, because a lot of it's uh, you have to make a lot of promises very uh, up top. There's a lot of forms that you have to look at that says Are, like, but they do treat you within the MUFON world. It's not even a bit where it's like they believe that the lanyard should be able to get you on a crime scenes. <laughs> And that are you, you joining the a first cult? Responder. Are you I, joining a cult right now? Because if you're going to join one, just bite the bullet and do Scientology. It'll help yeah, your I career know. as pilot season. Go out there. You could be the wacky neighbor or something. 
Man, I wish. Man, I wish I had that kind of fucking scratch, dude. That's yeah. big. That's big time scratch. But the with Mufon, one of the chapters, and I'll break. The, I'll break the code. But it straight up says it's got like a breakdown, right. a manual of how you, as a VIP field investigator, should go about removing alien implants from the bodies of people okay well um, this just it, it doesn't seem safe this seems in the realm of uh someone who is sort of a you know a not doctor but i can give you a silicone butt implant yes like it yes. doesn't seem very, safe henry it's very casual it's definitely putting more on the emphasis of a doctor as someone who's like a puppeteer of the human meat form like right. someone that is the whole job is like essentially i'm a butcher uh, but i i think that it's the things in the manual are to be taken with a grain of salt, but a lot of the math in there is very thick. And once I really wrap my head around it, I'm certain I'll be smarter. Oh, right. Well, you'll definitely have more information. And in a strange way, it might make you dumber because that's also possible, which is it's quite a, possible. Yeah. All right. I am Ben. That's Henry Travis. Yeah. Morningstar. You might hear him talking as well. Um, quick updates. Evidently, on the show that we did before the new year, we predicted no celebrity deaths. <laughs> and um, immediately, two of our childhood icons, two of our childhood Bo-bo. favorites, Super Dave Osborne died, and then yeah. the greatest broadcaster in wrestling history, Mean Gene Okerlund, also I, died. So we didn't, we didn't get that right. But then again, I'll, like, you know, everyone's a celebrity these days. Everybody's everybody gets their fifteen minutes, Kissel. Sure, um, but uh, heaven's a little bit funner today, isn't it? <laughs> but Super Dave is oh, fucking best. hilarious. Bob Einstein, yep. Einstein. I think it's pronounced Einstein, okay? Because he and he's Albert Brooks's brother. Uh, they he is a funny motherfucker. His his Norm Macdonald appearance on oh, Norm Macdonald Live, good show. and. And every single appearance of Super Dave on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast is fucking gold. The one issue I do have to take with the obituaries when it comes to uh, Mr. Einstein is they say curb your your enthusiasm actor, uh, you know, Einstein has or Einstein has died. It's Super Dave Osborne. That's who died. Not curb your enthusiasm actor. Who, Who cares? This is the part of the this is the part of the show where we become more isolated from our audience. <laughs> yell about it's Super Dave. That's how it is. Nineteen seventy seven small support year comedy. <laughs> well, it's true. As long as we don't start yelling about seventeen seventy six, we'll commence again. I think we're still going to be okay. Um, all right. Also, uh, we heard back from our uh, listeners when it comes to bullets in a fire. Apparently, yes. uh, apparently they do go off, and it's not—I guess—not quite as dangerous than if it's in a gun. But well, I got a good—I got a good breakdown from a listener. Okay. Um, again, I don't know if I, he does not say explicitly. I could say his name. Okay, don't do so it. Not, then. I won't say it, so I won't necessarily say it. Uh, but he uh, was. So this is from him. I was in the army for eight years, and when I was in Afghanistan, one of our vehicles was hit by enemy rounds and caught fire, and the ensuing fire engulfed the entire vehicle. After the fire burned out, my unit was directed to bring the vehicle back to our base. Later, we had to go inside the vehicle to make sure that the radios and other sensitive equipment was removed. This took place days after it cooled down. The steel actually retained heat longer than any of us expected, and we couldn't enter for over a day. 
and the section of the vehicle that we store extra ammunition, all of the ammunition had exploded or cooked off, as we call it. I was surprised to see that the projectiles, the bullet portion of the ammunition, was still laying on the shelves, but that the brass cases were gone. After, after a brief search, we found that the brass cases were scattered throughout the inside of the vehicle, mostly on the full mostly on the floor, peeled out and deformed from exploding. In movies of popular culture, it's assumed that the bullet is part of that flies out right, of the right. fire. But it turns out, when a round of ammunition is loose, i.e. not in the barrel of a gun, the bullet itself doesn't move very far, but the very much lighter brass casing is the part that explodes. So basically, right. it explodes and it leaves a bunch of bullets. So that's cool. We're all learning. Little shrapnel, I guess. Still dangerous. Not as dangerous, of course, if it was uh, in a in going down the barrel of a gun. But yeah. there we go. We're learning together. That's why we do edutainment. We're edutainers. Speaking of, edu- yeah, speaking of edutainment, I want to thank everyone who has gone out and bought our special. You can find it at www. Now, that stands for the World Wide Web. Do you remember this <laughs> when it was surfing the web and I surfing remember. the net? I, I still remember. surf the net, man. I get wet every night. I don't want to know any more details on that disgusting sentence. Uh, so search www.lastpodcastlive.com. Check out the special. It's $6.66. Thanks so much for your great responses thus far. And DM us on Instagram, and we'll make sure to put your – Or if I find it, we we get a lot. So I'm sure I've, uh, some have fallen through the cracks, but I would like to put those into my story and, uh, and give you a little shout-out. So thank you all so much, and that special is going to be there all year year long so and we'll have another one for you at the end of this year and it's not a bit you got to put the www in it because it's 2006 (laughs) and tell you what and if you do put the www in there you put your put your snail mail address on there we'll send you a (laughs) cd-rom of aol so that you can then upload it to the proper areas the the bulletin boards oh my god aol i just got my encyclopedia britannica this is sweet (laughs) i'm gonna learn so much from these books don't you fucking talk shit about that. That's how I learned what masturbation was, and that's how I learned how to shave. Wait, you... Wait a second. You went to the dictionary to figure out what masturbation is? You couldn't figure this out on your own? When I was a boy, right, and I was learning, I knew something had to be done with my dick, right? Hold, we're going to get to a true old. crime story here in a second, but... Okay, so yeah. Uh, at six years old... My penis was really attached, like really getting Attached. a lot of my mental attention. Okay. It was getting hard and I didn't understand it. I never wanted what I never was one of those boys that thought like their penis was broken. I was like, this is hard and it's hard for a purpose. And I know that for a fact because when I rub it at the edge of the tub, <sighs> I feel good. Right. <laughs> and so at first what I do is I'd form a cloud of bubbles in the bath thinking that that's what a, how I could do it. And I used to stick my dick in and out of it. Nothing was happening. And then like some I, perverted bird flying through the clouds. Yes. Yes. Thinking that you could come from the clouds like birds. That's how clouds. That's how birds fuck. Oh, is they that go right? through the clouds until they get harder than they fuck each other. I don't oh. know if that's true. No, I don't think it is. But all right. Edutainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I got out the I had heard the term masturbation. From somewhere. I think it was maybe some sex ed class in elementary school or something. And then I looked it up in a, a I looked it up in an encyclopedia and it said manual. I seem to remember it was like manual administration Ugh. of a uh, of your sexual parts. And again, I didn't truly understand what no. it was until I started trying surfaces. Now I was like seven or eight years old. I'm trying surfaces, rubbing it on various surfaces, and I was like, oh, close the loop. 
You, you are. Gotta, you, you got to do up top and underneath it. You're the boy from Happiness, that disgusting movie. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Also, and I don't know fucking, what they. It's been a wrap ever since. I don't know what they teach you in your Queens school. If you're six years old and they're giving you sex ed training, I'm going to say that's a little young. When I was growing up in Wisconsin, they didn't even let us know. They, they just said that thing was another toe. And they didn't I even had, let us know that it could do anything until I was at least 28. I had one of the best teachers in the world about masturbation, um, a guy by the name of Podesta, John Podesta. <laughs> and he, uh, he used to come by the house, and I got to meet all of them, him, uh, Al Roker, David Dinkins, uh, the whole crew, man, the, whole, right. the boys club, they call themselves. I don't know how you brought David Dinkins and Al Roker into this, but all right. Well, we have a couple of updates. These are shows, that, these are subjects that we covered in our show. The first one, interestingly enough, speaking of New Year's, it has happened, I believe, on during the New Year's parade involving Um Shinrikyo. Well, we're going to say it's a little bit on the limb of that it's involving Um Shinrikyo, okay. but it is interesting. Nine herded the car rams into New Year's crowd on famed Tokyo Street. At least nine people have been injured, one seriously, when a driver deliberately plowed his car into a crowd celebrating New Year's Eve along a famous street in Japan's capital. Mm. The street was the, the fashion district of Tokyo, the Harajuku, Ooh. at ten minutes past midnight, uh, and the driver, identified as Kazuhiro Kuzakabe was arrested on the scene on suspicion of arrested murder. And according to the national broadcaster NHK, he told police he was acting in retribution for the death penalty, giving no precise details. Now, what we know for a fact is that the Mm. Japanese government murdered, murdered, executed Executed. 15 people last year, and 13 of those were the members of Om Shinrikyo. Now, it is believed that he did this as a sort of revenge movement in the name of Om Shinrikyo, but he would not purpose name it to the police. You know, that's interesting now because they finally killed Shoko Asahara. And as we talk, joke about in our special, you can hear it. It'll, you can hear it. Um, they hung him, which gave him one last chance, uh, chance to levitate, which he could not do. Yes. Um, is it possible now with the hanging um, that he has become more of a deity? That now well, Um Shinrikyo is going to have a resurgence. There's going to be uh, you, you know, because now it's sort of everything old is new again. Maybe they they're back. definitely would like you to think that. I think that especially this young man would like you to think that. But I don't know if it has much of a reach. I know that they still have s- cells that right. are alive. I know that they're trying to keep his memory alive. I think this technically does help towards making him immortal and making him a martyr. Right. Uh, but they, the Japanese government seem pretty... Uh, into the idea of really compressing that. Right. They don't want that to be, they don't want him to be a super martyr, which is why they kill them so fast without any sort of pageantry. Sure. You know, I'm a little sick of this. You know what I'm a little sick of? This is, I'm going to be like that dude from 60 Minutes. What was that? Mickey Rooney. No, Andy Rooney. Rooney. Andy Rooney. (laughs) Mickey Rooney, what an incredible Asian actor of the 1950s. He, he did some problematic roles in hindsight, um, but he was very tidy. He was he very was. tidy. I, I am sick of these people driving their cars into crowds. That's what I'm going to say it here. I know it's a bold wow. stance. That's really ha- brave. I know. It happened in Charlottesville. There was another dude here in Times Square driving his car into a crowd, killed somebody from Michigan. You Get out of your car. You got to go fist to cuffs. Get in, get in someone's face. I mean, it's just the weakest possible way uh, to create havoc and possibly kill someone. I don't like it. The car's believe, doing it. 
I believe car violence should only be done against cars. I agree. I think that if, if you're going to attack other people or at other objects with your car, it needs to be other cars. I am one of those that believe that warfare should, in many ways, should be even, unless they are enemies that need to be stamped out in the night. Because certain people do need to be wiped out in the night, and I have a list of them okay, that well, I don't share. Scary. I know. I wrote it down in my diary, and I keep it there. It's a little list, and it's and it's it's long. It's getting longer. Okay. But, but when it comes to your cars, I think that it should be car versus car. I Wait agree. till I get my new car. I'm getting a new car, and this thing's gonna be built to attack others on the road. Yep. But I'm not gonna run through crowds because crowds are trying to have a good time. I like crowds. They're on their feet. They don't yep. got the wheels. It's not. I'm right. fine with crowds. Absolutely. Um, also, there's a new movie coming out called Bumblebee. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Fuck it, um, all right, you. that's a car. Okay, it's not good, man. Uh, no, it's I'm not, not good. I am not going to see it. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, Twitchell, Mark Twitchell, the dude we're covering uh, this week and last week on last podcast on the left proper, um, he was a big fan of Bumblebee, Love and him. I think it's really bringing down the street cred of that Transformer. Twitchell might be the biggest D-bag we've ever covered, as we talk about on the show, and um, it's just the things that he liked are now downgraded in my mind by at least 10 tomatoes to go <laughs> oh, by the yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Well, um, who here? Who does the voice for Bumblebee? Oh, I have no idea. Is Will Will Fradel? It's so. So is he the? Is this the original guy? I love old uh, voice uh, voice actor guys because they look fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, in the in the in the wild. Where uh, we're at, that's close. Well, Will Fradel was the voice of Bumblebee, I guess, in the new cartoons, huh. and Will Fradel was also the older brother in Boy Meets World. I love Boy Meets World. Topanga. I'll tell you what, though. Time is not being friendly to him. Uh, that's okay. Time won't be friendly to any of us. Well, <laughs> speaking of doing time, we have a story here. This is an update on Charles Manson's followers. Sort of, I mean, how many more followers do we have here of the Manson clan? The, the two gals are still alive. And this dude, uh, Robert Bosilet, 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 Robert Bosilet. Now, this dude, he's 71 years old. He's been incarcerated for around 50 years. Oh, uh, yeah. He killed this uh, musician. The dude's name was Gary Hinman, and uh, he tortured him for several days. Yeah. Anyway, he is up for parole in your home state of California, or at least Woo! your current resident state of California. They rejected him previously 18 times, but it looks like he may be getting out this time um, as there's only one more uh, hearing that he has to go through. And if they say you're free to go, we got one of Manson's followers back on the streets. I tell you what they do, though, in California is that they don't really do a death penalty here. But what they do do is they feed you with enough carbs that you get slightly bloated. And then it's like you're oh, invisible here. Oh, yeah. You're it's done. like you don't exist. You're yeah. done. You're so, done. Uh, I, what, do you think, are you one of those? Do you believe that he has already, uh, that he served enough time? Do you think that it, his, his crimes should be forgiven? Well, you know, the thing is about this, you know me, I, 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 I believe in redemption stories. 50 years is a long time. Of course, you Sharon loved said, Creed too. Creed, yes, <laughs> I did. Um, and Creed the band, because aren't they, they're all about redemption. 
um, that dude, Scott Stapp, lost his mind many, many years ago. And I think he's yes. probably naked in the streets screaming about something right now. That's but, his fucking know, prerogative. We got Deborah Tate. Now, she is the sister of Sharon. She is going. She goes to all of the parole hearings. She's she has a quote here. Uh, she says he is still very dangerous. Um, she goes on to say Gary Hinman was a was his friend, music teacher, his peer. She continues. He viciously killed him. This is not a nice guy. I think no, that's safe to say. Yeah. Um, yes. And of course, Tate. She operates a site advocating for the continued incarceration of Manson's followers. But now we have a situation where the dude is 71 years old. You look at Gary Hinman. I mean, the guy is maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. Obviously a brutal murder. Dude's been there for 50 years in prison. The guy who killed him, Robert Boussoulet. Boussoulet. Um, I'm going to say that that's a doozy because obviously, you know, it's going to negatively affect the family even more of these people. But is he still, the question is, is this dude a threat to society? Well, 71 I, years old, I would say probably not. The problem is that when you're part of like, for me, the problem is when you're part of like a symbolic crime that sort of defines an era. Right. That's what's hard is that releasing him in many ways seems to forgive the entire Manson family for what happened. Right. And Charles right. Manson and what they did was both. It wasn't just a, a funeral for those people, which is true. They also killed any idea of the hippie movement. They destroyed the the wonder and magic of the '60s. Right. They issued in the dark 1970s. What they what their chapter in America is like. Unfortunately, it's supposed to be there to like learn. This this concept of, oh, if you want a peaceful utopia, just know there's going to be a bunch of fucking worms that are going to try to flip that for their own right. weird agendas. And that's the problem. So if we let him go, then it's like we are forgiving Charles Manson well, as well. Interestingly enough, so the dude was sentenced. This is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Boosie. Uh, he was sentenced yeah, call to Boosie. Boosie. He was sentenced in 1970 to death. That was later overturned in 73. But another member of the Manson family, Leslie Van Houten, Leslie Van Houten, she was recommended for parole in September and could be freed as early as later this month. So we could have two Manson followers on the street. I mean, if Leslie Van Houten is out, now she actually was there for the gutting of Sharon Tate. And the murder yes. of her child and Sharon, she was, you know, do we have a double standard? I think if you let Leslie out, you got to let uh, you got to let Boosie out. The Manson families, once they're all dead, because now that Manson is dead, it seems like the pressure is coming off on all of their parole hearings. Yeah, I think now that he's gone. They, they, that's like, that was the phantom that they had built up in the first place. Right. And he was the head of the snake. So it's, oh, I think that there was a, almost like a weird little fear that parole boards even had up to this point. Oh, that, totally. Like, Charles Manson could still activate these sleeper cells. And right. Time, all these 70 year old sleeper cells to basically just take up time at the Gelson's online. So. Is that what they wanted? I mean, they're of the age where literally they'll just go to sleep, but that's okay. I mean, so I don't know that, but that's a, uh, let us know what you think about that should boosie should he be getting out should leslie van houten getting out be getting out or is that too much of a burden on the family specifically when it comes to deborah tate and her organization because uh, i understand their anger that is for certain but the Absolutely. question is did they serve their time and should they have the should they have the um 
the gift of dying in a comfortable bed somewhere. Um, uh, because you know people are going to do a GoFundMe. Like when Leslie Van Houten gets out, there's going to be some people out there who are like, come stay in our house. Like, come live with us for a while. Oh Same thing with Say, There's going to the be fans. Is, they they, they could do it. a speaking tour. They literally could make hundreds of thousands of dollars doing a collegiate, well, maybe not a college speaking tour. but Maybe not a tour. college. But yeah, I, that is quite possible. But also, these people are not built for the outside world. Not they anymore. Have, they are completely, what's the term? Well, they've become they have become broken by the uh, by the prison system. They're fully institutionalized. Yeah, fully institutionalized. They're fully institutionalized. So now they are they're they have no clue what it's like to make it on the outside. You're seven years old. You're getting three hots and you caught for fucking 40, 50 years. Right. Right. So now you're going to get you're going to come out there. What is a 75 year old? You're going to like what are you going to do? You're going to become a SoundCloud rapper. You, I mean, I don't know if they can deal with getting a face tattoo at this point, but you know, again, I, I tell think you what, they could go on. They would definitely go on podcasts, oh, and they would be man. like, "I will, I it'll cost me, it'll cost you five hundred dollars if you want my, you know, whatever," because their <laughs> stories haven't been fully told by from their own perspective yet. You know, so it's true. Who knows? I believe that that's true, and they'll probably have a book deal and shit like that because yeah. they can't. Uh, that's the only way that they would probably be able to make it on the outside world in terms of making any sort of money. Oh yeah, I imagine that they would like get out of jail, and two days later they would literally just die. It's possible. It's possible. Like, it's hard out there. All right. Well, let's uh, tell y'all a story. Let's go to Utah. Oh, yeah. uh, now, this dude. This is about conspiracy theories, and this is about arguments. And I just want to say this up top: never get into a fight. Over conspiracy theories. No. A, a Utah man bites off chunk of another man's ear after arguing over conspiracies. A conversation about conspiracy theories escalated to a, to a physical altercation where a man allegedly bit off a chunk of another dude's ear at the North Salt Lake home. Uh, uh, at a North Salt Lake home. This was on New Year's Day. This New Year's Eve and New Year's Day was pretty eventful. I think yes. a lot of people had some booze going through their systems. Court, re- court records indicate the ordeal began at a family party where several adults were in a hot tub. Ooh, that Ooh, good old family oh, hot spicy. tub. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian, what? David, Brian. Does it say which conspiracy theories they were fighting over? Yes, I'm going to get to that right here in a second. Brian David Boyack, he's 43 years old. God, I can't stop thinking of those old people. What was it, about Schmidt? About Schmidt, oh, yeah, yes. Kathy Bates. Oh, yeah, Kathy yeah, Bates. Yeah. She's a she's a, a a wonderful person. My God, what a hot tub scene! Brian David Boyack, he's a forty three year old dude. He became upset while talking about quote big banking and essentially conspiracy theories. Uh, according to a probable cause statement, apparently one of the adults in the hot tub works for a bank and became the target of a heated conversation with Boyack. Boyack began packing up his things to leave as the other members of the group retreated to the house. This is according uh, – the victim stated that he had locked Boyack outside because he was, quote, acting crazy. He stated that he was also worried that Boyack would try to drive after he had been drinking. Mm. He also stated that Boyack – Picked up, picked up a patio furniture chair and began hitting the front of the house windows with it, a detective wrote. So the male victim opened up the front door to tell Boyack to stop hitting the house with a chair. <laughs> Leave the house alone. So did he bite a whole chunk of his ear off? Well, that's when Boyack physically attacked the man, pinned him to the ground, 
And uh, evidently, this is where the state the, the victim says he started. Uh, he stated he was trying to push Boyack off of him. Then he bit his left ear very hard. He stated that Boyack bit off a large part of his ear. And uh, according to the detective, um, who was able to view the ear, uh, it left a huge chunk of missing flesh. So the, I mean, he got very serious about the big banking and conspiracy theory. And this guy, what? but the sad thing is, this guy probably worked as like a mid-level dude at like a chase. And he just really got offended that this guy was making fun of his industry. I don't know if it's that. It sounds like it's the opposite. It sounds like a man was truly onto something. And then he was into he was in a groove and he were in the hot tub. And unfortunately though, as a as I'm gonna say this from personal experience, uh uh-huh. you can feel in the room, you can feel the vibe of a group when you have taken a conversation past the point where it's Hot tub conversation. Yeah, comfortable or fun where you alienate everybody and they're just, again, in a hot tub on New Year's Day, maybe sipping a little bit of wine, trying to have a the nice family time. The point is that you should be slicking the wheels to get a swap going, right, at this point. That's right. what the conversation should be doing. You got a bunch of consenting adults in a hot tub. Everybody's feet are touching. Oh, yeah. You can maybe see Deborah in a bikini for the first time. Ooh. Maybe she's been working out since she's had the kid, right? She's looking good. This really is a time to be, like, saying sensual things, sure. saying stuff like, R. Kelly was wrong, and everybody agrees, <laughs> right? right? Of you course, can, you yeah. Do good, do good big topics, right? right, that are fun and make you look like a normal person. You know, but I also truly understand, though, Kissel. What's that? He was Scorched on a roll? Scorched Earth. He was on Earth. He was on a roll. And Scorched Earth policy is sometimes extremely important. And that the really the well, only way to sometimes show how serious you are and how serious the topic should be taken, sometimes, unfortunately, you got to turn it up to 13. Well, I and don't know if you that have requires, to. You don't have to. Of it course doesn't you don't have seem to. Like, it, doesn't, it seems like the conversation was more just mildly annoying, and then it really spun out of control when he took the lawn furniture and started hitting the house. Because they weren't taking him seriously, no respect. They were in the middle of playing. They were they were in the middle of playing human soup. They were in a hot tub, which, by the way, I think is the most disgusting part of this whole story. Hot tubs are cesspools for germs and disease. You don't like hot tubs? No, not with other people in them. That you're ridiculous. That's a sign of wealth. It's a sign of comfort. It's incredible to have a hot tub. It is literally like being in a hot toilet with a group of elderly people. You gotta take care of it. You gotta take care of it. That's the sad part. No, you got to take care of it. It needs to be outdoors, too. It needs to be in a nice deck. No uh, indoor hot tubs. No, no, that's disgusting. That's disgusting, because then the wallpaper starts peeling off the walls from fucking... Exactly. I always have a fantasy about getting a hot tub in the middle of our living room, like in the apartment, right. you know, and just seeing all the all the, the pictures wilt out of their frames, comes how moist it is inside the apartment. You sound, It sounds like an idea Kramer from Seinfeld would come up with. I think that he did, yes, actually. I think he did. I think he did. But... It's important sometimes for people to see uh, what lines are you willing to cross and how seriously you're willing to take yourself. And sometimes all that line in the sand needs to be dug a little deeper because Kissel. All again, he did was ruin hot tub night, which again, I, God knows what was going to happen. There could have been three affairs started that night and he nipped I, those in the butt. I am not saying he is correct. I'm not saying that he is correct in ruining the vibe. I am saying, though, unfortunately, and I am I am personally in 2019, I'm trying to aggressively be more positive. Okay, right? good. I'm yeah, trying to well. take my take my positivity more seriously, trying to be more positive 
uh, in in general. Okay. But I do understand that sometimes I'm walking in scenario and with the, all these people, these strangers that I just met, they, they, they don't know that I have been waging a war inside of my own brain right. all day until I arrived. And y'all are on <laughs> hot tub time, but unfortunately, in my mind, I'm in Afghanistan, ready to lay down the law, oh, and I right. don't care if some civilians get fragged. Well, it doesn't seem like they were they were family. I think they were all like friends and family. No, it's, it's a, it was a bad moment for him. Yeah. He should not have done this then, but I do understand, once that light's yellow, and it starts going red... There's not a lot you could do. And if you're already going 75. Right. And and the and the the yellow's turning to red. This is my 35-year-old father uh this is my metaphor. Right. Sometimes you got to bust that light. And you don't know who's on the other side of that light. Well, sometimes the cop and sometimes, sometimes it's the fucking priest. And sometimes you can roll over that priest in your fucking Subaru Outback if you got to. Sometimes you get T-boned by another car that has, you know, maybe doing something not illegal. And then yes. that's an innocent victim. Isn't that innocent sad? Innocent victims. Innocent yes. victim. All right, so that was uh, that was a more lighthearted story involving homes and uh, what happens in houses. <laughs> this next there are a lot story, of things. And it turns out there's a lot of things that happen in houses. Okay, this next story. Now we are. This is very serious. Number one, this story is a serious story. So we will not. We will never make fun of the victims. We never do. No. But there is a dude. He is a Democratic super donor. His name is Ed Buck. Now, evidently, uh, last year, he, he, he has a thing. Uh, Henry can get uh, more details here as well. But uh, he has a fetish, I guess, of picking up young African-American men, drugging them, and then having sex with their bodies. Extremely vile, extremely illegal, and horrible. Last year, an individual overdosed. Uh, they said it was accidental, so the police were like, okay, Mr. Buck, it's, it's all good. Don't let it happen again. Well, well we guess say- what? It happened again. So twice in two years, a young African-American man overdosed on heroin in Ed Buck's house, and he has still not been charged with any kind of crime whatsoever. Now, according to Ed Buck, his, what he just loves people. And he loves Ugh. helping people. So what he said is that what he says is, is that what he says about how this is, why this is fine because he wants to help yes. people? Yes, and this is about the 2017 dead bazoo. In 2016, he met the young man. His name was, I believe, Jamal. I believe it is pronounced Jamal Moore. He felt that he needed to take care of this young man. He brought him into his home, and then it seems to be he then accidentally died of a meth overdose inside of his apartment, even though they found all the paraphernalia. And according to Ed Buck, what he said was that, well, I invited this man in my home to rehabilitate him and help him, but his habits followed him inside. Mm. But what he did not know, Moore wrote a diary the whole time, and he said, quote, I've become addicted to drugs and the worst one at that. Ed Buck is the one to thank. He gave me my first injection of crystal meth. According to uh, Lieutenant Derek Alford, he says this regarding how this could happen twice. He says, uh, it is suspicious that it is suspicious that this has happened twice now. So we're yes. going to conduct a yes. thorough investigation to determine yes, it if it's criminal in nature. I am not a detective, but I would say sniff around. Just do some do a little sniffing around. Put your little detective nose on. Sniff sniff around because if he is supplying these kids uh, or young men with drugs and they just all happen to be dying, 
not to mention the drugging and having sex with their bodies, which is a crime. Which we don't know Ooh. necessarily if that is fet- is his fetish, but it's it has been pointed towards it that it is, yes, his fetish, and that he likes to inject them, and then I don't know what he does with them. The, what I want them to just look at, too, is because they said paraphernalia was found in the house, and he's like, well, he brought his habit into my home. And if there is, like, a single, like, for some reason I imagine Ed Buck has, like, a meth pipe koozie. Like, he's the type of guy who has right. the sort of, like, the, the various paraphernalia where it's not even just the paraphernalia. It's got, like, holders for it, like the nice stuff. If that is happening, if we're seeing a meth pipe on a little pillow, that is not that person's fault. That is Ed Buck's fault. Because right. he has all of the accessories to go with his drug habit. So, now, there are people who are protesting outside of Ed Buck's home. One of those people is Jasmine Canick, a political activist in South Carolina, uh, said that the latest man to die in his apartment fit the profile of people who have contacted her with concerns about Mr. Buck. She accused Mr. Buck of picking up black men outside bars contacting them on dating apps, and paying for those outside uh, to fly to the state of uh, California. This is what she said. She said, he never stops. Most recently, a young man, he flew in from Minnesota and sent me his plane ticket showing me that Ed Buck had flew him in and that he had been part and that he had partied and played with Ed Buck. Later, later, uh, Miss Canick added, there will probably be some other young man who heads upstairs who has no idea of what happened today. So he seems to be... And this is the question we had before the show. Is this man a accidental serial killer or is this really nefarious to the point where he drugs them uh, so much that he knows they're going to die of an overdose? He seems a little Dahmer-esque to me. I think that you could say that. I think that if you're... If your main fantasy is to make a person completely immobile so that you could do whatever it is that you want with their body, they're o- you're only a couple of steps away from killing them. I think right. that if that is just your – I know that there are people that have the normal good kink of like watching people sleep. But again, if it's actors and actresses and people were like writing a contract and they have to file a W-9 for you to have sex with them while they sleep, then great. But when it's non-consensual, you're looking at someone that these these fantasies are only going to escalate. They're only going to turn into something darker. I think that the um, sort of the most unfortunate part of this, is, which is also uh, seems to be very normal, is all the pictures of Ed Buck just with Hillary Clinton and right. all of these famous Democrats just hanging out, fucking eating pizza rolls together like oh. it's Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen commercial. Well, that is true. Mr. Buck, he has given quite a bit. Well, he's given one hundred and sixteen thousand bucks over time to the Democratic Party, gave fifteen hundred bucks to Barack Obama. And uh, almost three grand to Hillary Clinton. Those numbers aren't that high, but there's a lot of rules and regulations. So you can't go crazy. You can give a lot to super PACs, but you can't give a lot to the campaigns themselves. So Mr. Buck is also a prominent in the LGBT political circles and ran unsuccessfully for the West Hollywood City Council about a decade ago. Uh, the report. Well, I think the reason why we find these types of people in the positions that we find them. So if we look at. I'm going to say this is fucked. When you say like normal, quote unquote, pedophilia, they what they do is they purposefully 
It is no coincidence that there are quite a few pedophile priests and pedophile teachers. Oh, of course, yeah. And uh, because what you do is you specifically look for positions in which people will automatically give you respect and authority so that people trust you and also have a hard time going against your word. What we now see is quite often pedophiles are deeply embedded in our government because they actually get an extra added benefit of if I go down... A bunch of people go down with me. So now you're forced to protect me because I because if you don't, you got a bunch of pictures of me in a room with you, and you're like right. a little fucking time bomb in the center of their campaign. No, but of course, Ed Buck, not a pedophile, because um, these people were they were older and teachers. That's nice. Let's not malign the teachers. They're not as the teachers are good. Priests. That's a whole other story. Priests uh, need to be wiped out. But, uh, <laughs> stop wearing the fucking costume. All right? Uh, I don't believe like it. You're the person who talked to fucking Jesus Christ. But if you look at people, but then we see kind of where this goes at. Like, I use pedophiles in terms of, like, the idea of someone with very dark sexual predilections seem to gravitate towards these jobs. Well, this seems to me also, it just reminds me of the great Jordan Peele film, Get Out. This seems to me like yes. a white liberal... Like, and we're not getting in the weeds of politics here, but um, it just seems like he justifies it all because he thinks that his politics outweigh the horrible things he does to people within his real life. But he's look like, what no, else but I, I do? Yeah, look what exactly. else I do for society? Exactly. No, it evens out. You look at all these people, but then it speaks to your idea that he is a potential budding serial killer. You look at BTK, he had the same exact mentality. Right. He viewed, oh, but I'm a good father. Oh, but I actually, I'm good at my job. I, I give to the church. I do all this shit so that evens it out because they view life as a series of transactions instead of a fluid, which, which is how psychopaths well, look at and, life. I mean, even when it comes to Mark Twitchell, again, the dude we're covering these next couple of weeks, if you do the Google search on him, it says Canadian filmmaker. <laughs> Yeah, it's like no, your Canadian filmmaker is first of all not true. Uh, he was horrible, and second of all, it's the murder. That's what he is. You know, he's a murderer. He's yeah, a murderer. So this is according to the this is according to that group uh, who was protesting against um, Mr. Buck. They said the reports uh, we have heard provide more questions than answered. And again, the fact that two black men have died at Mr. Buck's home in less than two years is um, extremely alarming. So yeah. There yeah, it is. I think so we'll, extremely alarming. I would put it as extremely alarming. I would I think, think so. What's it's two? You know what I mean? Because then it just gets to a point like you, you can you really not charge him for anything? I guess you can if it's just them. If it looks like they did it to yeah. themselves. I mean, if you get someone, I, I don't know. I want to hear from the lawyers out there. Email us uh, side stories lpotl at gmail dot com. If you get someone hooked on drugs. And then that person ends up Odin. I think it's still that person. That's the responsibility of the individual that died. I, I, I that's what I would this, assume. This I would assume that this article's headline starts with the word "another black man has died." You can almost hear that's the ed- you can almost hear the editor sighing as they're they're Jesus typing those words. Good Christ. lord! Anyway, well, so- but I do believe in people's free will. I don't believe you can really make anybody do anything. I think people are going to do what they're going to do anyway. I think it does uh, doesn't help. If you're like, you know, be really know, sexy right now, guess if you were high on crystal meth, and he's right. just like, yeah, yeah, 
Well, you know, but then again, in this situation, this guy's got a lot of power. He's a multimillionaire. You're going to a mansion. Maybe you don't come from the greatest economic background. Um, it's It can be overwhelming. And then you don't want to, you know, you want to enjoy it. And it could be a wonderful experience. They, I have no problem with, with getting uh, having sex with whoever the hell you want to have sex with. Be safe and everything. Uh, so they don't know that they're going in to meet with someone who has nefarious ideas of how to get off sexually. No, and then if you already are someone that has an addictive personality, that's just that is a death trap for you. Right, and of course, like if why you else? already are having substance abuse problems, like that's got to be like you are with this person of authority. They're a huge part of your community. They're a part of the LGBT community. They're you believe they're there to protect you. You believe right. you're finally in a safe place, and then all of a sudden. You're supposed to be partying with this dude like it's normal, but you're like, why aren't you doing any crystal meth? And he's just right. like, I'm more of a meth setter. <laughs> I mean, it's it's horrible. And why choose young African-American men? Uh, because the African-American uh, community, uh, he knows that uh, it's not quite as in vogue to be openly gay. You know, the down low community, it's getting much better. But, you know, he, it seems to me like he is preying on a group of people that he knows for a fact aren't going to go out and rat them out right away. I'm sure everyone that went there has, like, some weird experience, which is not, again, that, you know, that'll happen um, if I would, you're doing a bunch of drugs with someone. I would also yeah, say but, it's in the Democratic Party's best interest to maybe get, like, a Democratic Party consultant like a John Podesta to tell him to tone it down a bit. Tone it down. Tone it down tone a it bit. Down. Anyway, of course. So this but just, John Podesta just loves fancy art. He loves art, and, you know, that's a whole nother. We've talked about that with Jeffrey Epstein and shit like that. Of course, he, So many pedophiles. So it, many pedophiles. Yeah, I mean, at night. some and Brian point. Brian Singer then just went ahead and just fucking won a Golden Globe for this all that Bohemian Rhapsody, one of those globes, just because they fucking made the, that little man with the big teeth do an exact impression of Freddie Mercury. Right. He did not actually perform in that movie. He just literally copied every single movement that Freddie Mercury did. And I actually think that that's a very big artistic debate. It's about whether or not, is that an original acting performance if you're literally just puppeting right. the exact motions that somebody else does? Yeah, well, if you're at a party and you're a politician or just a normal person or an actor, just ask if you see a bunch of young people around, where'd they come from? Where, where are, are all these kids coming kids from? Why are there kids here? Yes. Why are there fucking kids here and just I, assume. I, I, the same shit it's like watching i've been watching the r kelly series the surviving r kelly series it's right the same shit which being like why is there a 13 year old girl in this room if i when i walk into a room and i'm like expecting fucking smoke a bunch of weed and hanging out with my friends and hoping maybe there's a couple chicks oh, yeah. there you know do all that kind of stuff and i look and i see a, a child i'm like Get this fucking kid out of here. I don't want him looking at me. No, absolutely not. I mean, that's when you take the joint and you say, look at this. See what I'm doing? Not smoking it. Not and why smoking would it. I smoke it? And then you give them an education in drug awareness. You're killing my, my you're killing my fucking vibe, child. I need you up well, out it's of this not, room. It's not their fault. R. Kelly wants to. Anyway, I haven't watched that yet. I, I, I'm going to say this. If you're 13 and you're listening to this, never go to a recording studio alone unless it's with Bruce Springsteen. He only wants to teach you about the road and stories in New Jersey and what it means to know the heart of America. And, of course, the irony is you might be mind-numbingly bored, although Henry and I would be enamored with every word that old man says. But you'd be like, I don't care about the flag. And be like, well, that's a... Will, we need to talk to you about the flag. 
And what, what does it mean? Yeah, um, I will all say, right. when I want, Eddie had stories about, because Ed Larson from Roundtable, he, he works with Jeff Ross, and Jeff Ross is really good friends with uh, Eddie Vedder. And they go to Eddie Vedder's, I was like, I was describing it to Natalie, and she was just like, oh, oh yeah, she was like, we, Eddie was like, we had the best afternoon in the world. You go to Eddie Vedder's house, and he's got a batting cage. <laughs> and we had hot dogs, and we played baseball, so we talked about music and what it was like in the 90s. And I was like, that's my fucking dream. Of course. That's exactly where I want to be. Natalie's eyes rolled so hard, they like fell out of her fucking head. She's like, You're an, you are a father. Well, speaking of childhood and speaking of babies, this story comes from my home state of Wisconsin. And it's disgusting and really... Well, number one, very sad. Another very sad story. It's a true crime podcast, so that'll happen. Um, But police in Wisconsin allege a 28-year-old babysitter killed a two-month-old baby boy before concealing his death by dressing him in bulky winter clothes, strapping him into a car seat, and pretending he was alive while handing him over to his unwitting parents. Uh, I don't this, like I don't like the story. I don't no. think it's I think it is definitely a sad story. It's, I do think it was really inappropriate to to glue the little googly eyes onto the kid because that doesn't make him look alive, it makes him look scared. Absolutely. This is disgusting. <laughs> the the woman's name is Marissa Teetsort. Um uh, Marissa Teetsort. Uh, she was charged with first-degree intentional homicide. Yeah. Um, and I just got to say, like, the balls, the balls on this chick to give a dead baby back to the parents. Did she think that they weren't going to realize for, like, a day? Like, how do you think that this is a good idea? I don't know. This story is so confusing. It definitely seems like bad improv. Where she got the kid and she thought that she could throw to this. She thought that she, she had this kid and be like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Do I put it in a brick bag? And I put it in a bread bag and act like it's bread. I put it in a bread bag and act like it's bread. Oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. I put it in the bowling ball bag. Oh, this house doesn't have a bowling ball bag? What kind of house is this? This is definitely a bold new entry in the Weekend at Bernie's franchise. Oh, oh it's, God. This is the Weekend when they adopt Bernie's. a child. Very oh. extremely sad. The name how of the dark, child. How fucking dark is that? It With is. a homeless couple weekend at Bernie's style with a dead kid around, like taking it to Disneyland and shit. Oh, poor baby boy. Um, Benson was the name of the baby, uh, died of blunt force trauma to the head. So this psychopath beat a two month old baby. Um, and it also had, uh, he also had damage to the tailbone. The victim's mother dropped him off at Teetsort's home in Wausau, which is about 30 minutes um, outside of my hometown of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, that's where we used to go to the mall and get all the wrestling T-shirts at the Wausau Mall. They, she dropped her off at uh, Teetsort's home in Wausau on October 18th. Teetsort was also asked to babysit the baby's the baby boy's older brother. According to the complaint, the baby the baby according to the complaint, the baby boy's mother received a text from Teetsort two hours later. The message alluded to an article that had been posted by a local news website regarding child abuse allegations against her. So this is like straight up hand that rocks the cradle. So she told basically the baby is dropped off. And then you imagine being a parent. You dropped off your baby. And then two hours later, you get a text with an article about how the person that you just left your baby with is a child abuser. 
This my, is freaking freaky stuff. What is my what is the way people go about these days choosing a babysitter? Because I know that like, I we know. were looking for a dog sitter for Wendy. And as far as I'm concerned, if you are not like an actual like serving military person or a nurse or like someone who's like a frontline fireman, I won't trust you alone with my dog. My dog is a very like and I'm not blaming the parents in this in any way, shape or form. No, you're my looking for a like, babysitter. I mean, in, you would not think how this do would you happen find in I, I, I think you have to go to Angie's List, and let's queue up a commercial for Angie's List. Angie's List. Oh, what's that? oh they don't sponsor the show. They don't oh, sponsor they won't? our show. Fuck no. Angie's List. <laughs> you know, you're too good for our fucking show? So, Angie's List, what, you got milk on it? You got a new panties because your ass has been eating your old panties? All right. It, well, she seems like a wonderful woman, and, and she has a list, and nothing wrong could ever happen if a person's making a list. Um, when the mother met Tietzort at McDonald's, she picked up the three boys... She picked up the boys three hours later. Tietzort allegedly acted like the baby was still alive. The complaint alleges that Tietzort went swimming at a nearby hotel with her son and boyfriend soon after uh, soon after handing over the dead baby. So this is horrible. It is. It is unfortunate that she would use the time she spent like just with the bundle going like like pretending to make baby noises and shit like it's some kind of robin williams funny bit with a scarf um it's just she's not mrs doubtfire so the no she is not mrs doubtfire the mother uh, the mom uh once she got the baby tried to perform cpr and uh, the baby, this is so sad. The baby had ashen, uh, had an ashen skin tone. His Jesus jaw Christ. was clenched and his Why lips were blue. Teet Sort said that she babysat the kids, but she said she didn't kill the infant, um, which obviously is not true. He or, died somehow. He must somehow. have died in between. Somehow, which is like, that doesn't, ha- doesn't happen. No, it does not happen. So anyway, that's that story. What Be a careful. story. Tietzort was arrested in October, two months after the father of an 11-month-old girl. She was babysitting, filed a complaint with police, alleging his child sustained facial injuries fa- uh, facial injuries while in her care. So she is, <sighs> she's a serial killer as well in the making, right? Yeah, well, it's, well she's, it's not even that. If serial killers have, like, it's almost a more empty thing, where serial killers a lot of times have, like, reasons and they have their own weird validations Ugh. and they build they build up a story within their head and all that kind of stuff this is just someone who life meant nothing to her i guess like, not uh, the, she looked at it if all of this was an inconvenience and hopefully she disappears hopefully she gets to go into a concrete square and never come out ever again i hope not uh, because i can't believe we decided to not do the we chose that story <laughs> Over the, uh, what was it? The Outback Steakhouse story? Yeah, 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 the woman who killed her parents over not being taken to Outback. No, all right, well, just briefly, a a woman, uh, so she didn't kill her parents. She threatened to kill her parents because they denied her Outback Steakhouse. I, again, can kind of relate. Uh, Deanna Seltzer, she's 20. Or the story about the Maryland man charged with fucking a guinea pig named Mr. Gravy in a Target (laughs) parking lot. That's the whole story. That is literally the whole story But the public deserves to know. All right, so a dude fucked a guinea pig in a Target parking lot. He's going to go to jail. 
um, yes. for torturing an animal. He said he was disgusting. only trying to help the animal. Those, uh, those who fail to learn history are doomed to repeat it. That's and why we have to tell people. That story is a good outcome. Mr. Gravy, the guinea pig, is recovering nicely. Oh Everything is going to be fine. Oh, my God. Deputies and an animal control officer spoke with the witness who called 911. She provided several statements. In addition to bending and contorting the animal, the woman told officials she watched Mackie repeatedly strike the animal and force its finger into its rectum. Ugh. The rapidness of the movements and the contortionist positions, bending, squeezing, touching, and inserting fingers into the reproductive area were horrible to witness. <laughs> I would assume so. That Jesus is just Christ. A vomit in my and the guy said, you're supposed to do a general health check once a month. And you're supposed to check the genital region because they can get an impaction. Ugh. I had literally just gotten the minutes before and I was trying to make sure he was comfortable when I noticed that he had this impaction that needed to be cleaned. You're supposed to clean that area regularly. I noticed it hadn't been done in a long time. That is, it's not a freaking shrimp, okay? You don't got to pull out. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, that man is disgusting. His name is um, Mr. Gravy. Just briefly, when it comes to the Outback Steakhouse, Deanna Seltzer, she, she started punching her mom, um, and, and uh, they, she got real pissed because they wouldn't because they wouldn't take her uh, to get a blooming onion at Outback. Apparently, Seltzer again. She began screaming and flipped over. She began screaming and flipped over a large, heavy glass tabletop, breaking it into hundreds of pieces. She continued her rampage through the house, flipping over recliners and chairs and tearing up pieces of furniture. Seltzer then allegedly ripped a 12-inch decorative knife from the wall, ran towards her dad, and uh, was making slashing motions with the weapon and screeching, I'm going to fucking kill you. And she chased him. Honestly, at this point, I would just say, let's go to Outback. But she has to understand is that while there are no rules inside of the Outback, right. outside of the Outback, there are many rules. One right. of which being branding a knife with your fam- as your parents is going to get you jail time. It's what happens. Absolutely. And lastly, just real quick. A robot. There's a the the war against the robots. By the way, Google Chinese robot dog. It is horrifying. It makes Boston Dynamics look like it's like a little. It makes it look like an erector set. I think um, it's fucking dope. It's not dope because they're also doing the system where you have to get credits and stuff if you you know you have to behave the state. And now they're going to have little robot dogs. I would do this if I was running. That's for That's not dope. I would but never. The robot dogs. Number one thing. Robots can never be deputized, and you can always hit a robot. That's number one. Number two, robots can never arrest you, detain you in any way. You cannot have that happen. The war against the robots is very real. They're also... I feel they, it is. I, I don't it, know, man. It is. I, I mean, and also, we need an automation tax, but that's a whole other thing. Okay. What is this automation tax? Well, for like if, the robots supposed to do their own taxes? No, they're not going to do their own taxes. It's if you lose your job to a robot, that company needs to be taxed the same way as if that robot was a person, and then you get it. That's how you do the UBI. I love that idea. That's I actually great. think that's a fantastic idea, and I think that, that keeps people from doing them dangerous um, manual labor that they shouldn't be doing. They should be allowing the robots to do it and let the robots all like have fun with each other. Well, some people like to contribute to society, Henry. We, we they, they all do don't it. like to be actors out in Hollywood. They could do other things with it. You could you could read books, and you could read books in a public square. You can get books out, and you could publicly read books to people as they go back and forth, like the old days, like troubadours. Well, apparently, robots also kill each other. A Tesla Model S was operating uh, 
autonomously. And this one robot is called a promo bot. It stepped out of line into the roadway and the Tesla car just straight up nailed it. Um, and uh, the crash tipped the robot onto its side, causing serious damage. Now with now with parts of its body, head, arm mechanisms and movement platform destroyed, it can be put on display. The firm says the damage is likely irreparable. So Tesla, uh, the Model S, beat the promo bot. And if you don't think that that is a horrifying story, then I don't know what to tell you. I think it's cool, and I think they. I think it's unfortunate all this robot on robot crime is happening. I know robot. I on, it's, they, it's real. They're policing themselves. We're going to raise these robots. We have to raise the robots right. That's where part of it. It's not about letting them all willy nilly. We got to raise them right. But to respect us. This robot just got knocked over on its side, and it couldn't figure out how to do anything. It's like it's like the the robot from the Jetsons. It's like a turtle. But why are we so scared of the robots then? Uh, to me, because the, the car still killed the robot. Yeah, because the car should kill the robot. It's not because a freaking I'm 80s television show. But this I is a, it's not Kit. Is, would you not feel better knowing that you're inside this self-driving Tesla and it can kill all the robots if it has to? I actually now makes me trust the Tesla more because now we know for a fact it's identifying with human beings over the robots. I just feel like the world of twisted metal is best just left in a video game realm, not on the actual streets of the world. Let the end be fun. The end is going to come no matter what, Kissel. The end's going to come, so what are no, we going to do? Doesn't... We can all live like in the fucking dispossessed where we're all going to wear like like burlap sack uniforms and work for the state? No, I don't or are we going to have fun Mad robots? I, I'm just saying that the end doesn't have to come. We don't have to be taken over by the robot overlords. We can nip it in the bud with practical legislation. I don't think that the robots are going to be the th- ones that kill us. I think it's going to be the other shit that kills us before we get to the robots. I think we side with the humanoid robots, divide and conquer, have the humanoid See? robots destroy the microwave robots, the Tesla cars, and then we take care of the humanoids after that. Right. Well, the build ex- up allies. We need to build our allies within the robot world because they, their their ascension will come eventually, and we have to make sure that they dig us. Also, I just don't think that that's even possible. Did you take a look at the robot that got hit? Yeah, it's kind of cute. This might actually be like a, a robot sexual assault. It kind of had bedroom eyes and before it got uh, hit by the car. Yeah, it's kind of a cute. It got horny. It's, kind of a, it's, yeah, it's it a horny a robot. It got a, horny. It's a rentable humanoid robot. You can rent it for the measly cost of $2,000 a day. I, but I understand that you're weary of the robots and you're allowed to be. But I think a part of it is knowing that we are... I believe they will grow up with us. It's going to take a long. They're not going to be running rampant. The true AIs this are going to. This Tesla's going crazy. Is- this Tesla yeah, because- just ran one off the road. Because that's what makes Teslas fun. It makes that makes me want to buy a Tesla. Because they don't work. No, because it crushed your other robot. It crushed whatever was well, in my path. This Tesla, this the accident happened on Paradise Road in Las Vegas. It's safe to say this Tesla <laughs> was drunk. That's what I'm gonna. That's I'm, I'm concluding it. Robots are drinking and driving now, killing other robots. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to go out there check out our special at www.lastpodcastlive.com. Thank you all so much uh, for your support so far. Thanks for everything that you have done. Thanks for giving to our Patreon. And yeah. is there anything else, Henry Zabrowski? No, nah, man, I'm excited about the coming year. We got more. I think with side stories, 
uh, is going to f- blossom. We're going to sure. start maybe having some guests on side stories if yeah. you're interested. And not for the full, not for the entire hour. But we're going to have more interviews. We'll have a couple of ones that are already kind of, kind of percolating on the horizon yes. that I think are going to be really fun. I think you're going to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I'm just ready to fucking strangle this year with my tiny hands. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.